Now, last week I told you about a struggle that uh, I went through about a year ago where I got to this point in my spiritual journey where it was like I just couldn't hear anything from God. And when I talk about hearing something from God, I'm not talking about hearing God like out loud audibly. I'm, I'm talking about God speaks to me many times like through words and pictures. They get some kind of confirmation through the scriptures. But I, I felt like there was something blocking, blocking my communication with God. And so if you remember, I said that I, I spent a day praying and fasting. And that night at 3.30 in the morning, I, I woke up because I saw a word. I got a word in a dream, and the word that I saw was spelled out <laughs> with light bulbs like a Broadway theater sign, and the word I saw was revive, revive. Now, the next morning during my scripture reading, I came across a verse that I believe confirmed this word that God had spoken to me. It comes from Isaiah 127, which says, Jerusalem will be restored by justice, <laughs> the repentant will be revived by righteousness. And I saw that word again, revive, revive. And I realized when I saw that word, I needed to be revived. And I believe that God was confronting me, confronting me about why I was not hearing from him. You see, I had this area in my life where God had been speaking to me about it, it was an area where I knew I was doing something wrong, but I wasn't listening to God. It's what the Bible calls sin. And uh, so God was speaking to me about it, but I wasn't listening. And so eventually God just stopped speaking to me. So I realized that his word to me, if it wasn't to anybody else, his word to me was that I needed to repent so I could be revived. I needed to turn so that he could revive me. And I shared that story with you last week. But what I didn't do is apologize. Now, a little over a year ago when I shared this out at West, I apologized to them and they were very gracious to me. But I do believe I need to apologize <coughs> to you because at that time I was still an elder at City Church and uh, to be honest, when I don't listen to God, it's not just myself that I hurt and my family. I hurt everybody. When I don't listen to God, I cannot be the leader that I need to be to serve you well. When I don't listen to God, I cannot be the pastor or teacher that you need me to be. And so I do ask you to forgive me. And I also ask that you would join me in this journey in pursuit of a revived life. Because I do believe God is saying something to us as a church about experiencing a revived life. Because a revived life is a better life. Sometimes we can get into a place where we find ourselves feeling stagnant or empty, <coughs> maybe even depressed or hopeless. Sometimes we just, we get in a negative funk in our spiritual journey. And we just need to be revived. And maybe you're here and you're, you're feeling like I felt a year ago. You feel like you used to hear things from God and now you just feel like God's distant and you're not hearing things from him. And you know you need to be revived. Your family 
need you to experience revive. Your friends and coworkers need you to experience revive. And you know what? Deep in your own soul, you are hungry to experience a revived life. So I want us to continue to look at what the Bible says about how God revives his people. And I want us to begin with just a little bit of a review from last week so we can make sure we understand what I'm talking about when I talk about a revived life. So last week we discovered that the Hebrew word translated revive literally means to recover or renew life. And we said that a revived life does not mean the absence of problems or hardships, but it does mean a renewed experience of God's presence in our life that can fill us with joy and peace and love no matter what our circumstances. Now, in one scene in the Bible, God actually appeared to his people and told them how he revives people. And so uh, for centuries, the Israelites <coughs> sought God in a movable tent created for worship that was called a tabernacle. There God manifested his presence, literally in Hebrew, his face. And there in the tabernacle, leaders like King David and Moses led the people of Israel to seek God's face. But then God gave King David's son Solomon permission to build a permanent place of worship where all kinds of people could come and seek God's face. <laughs> and when King Solomon finished constructing the temple, the Bible says that God's presence, literally again, his face filled the temple. And then God made this promise about revive. This is 2 Chronicles 7, 14 which says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. What a powerful promise that God makes here. And in the last part of the verse, God actually defines revive. Revive happens when God hears our prayers, when he forgives our sin, and when he heals our land. <laughs> when God hears our prayers, our lives get better. When God forgives our sin, our lives get better. When God heals our land, when he heals our community, when he heals our relationships, even when he heals our finances, our lives get better. The revived life is a better life. But notice in this powerful promise that there's God's part in revive and then there's our part in revive. So what was God's part? His part is to hear our prayers to forgive our sins, to heal our land. Okay, that's his part. What is our part? Let's go back and look at it. He said, if my people will turn from their wicked ways. <laughs> okay, there's that word again. If you were here last week, you remember we talked about that word, turn. Those of you who are here remember that revive begins with the turning from sins. And we have to get this. 
Sins are not just some random list of things that God just, an angry old God just pulled out of the air just so he can make our lives hard. Sins are those actions and attitudes that damage our relationship with God, our relationships with each other, and steal the joy from our lives. At some point in your life, you have to decide if you believe God is for you or against you when he asks you to obey his moral teachings. And if there's some sin you're holding on to because you like it, it is that sin that will keep you from being revived. I'm asking you to turn from that sin today. If you will turn, <coughs> that's your part. God says he will Hear your prayers. He will forgive your sin. And he will heal your land. So that's what we need to turn from to be revived. And we talked about that last week. We turned from sin. What do we need to turn to to be revived? So let's look at the second part of the promise. He said, this is God speaking again, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, here God calls us to turn from our sins and toward his face. He calls us to seek his face. Well, what does that mean, right? What does that mean? When I think about seeking someone's face, I think about the very first time I asked a girl to go steady with me. Now, I was, I was you know, a teenager way back in the 70s, in middle school, and I don't know what y'all call it today, but back in my day, if you liked some girl and you wanted all the other guys to keep their grubby hands off her, you know, you asked her to go steady with you. And again, I don't know what you call it today, but that's what we call it. Well, anyway, I liked this certain girl. Her name was Kathy. And I wanted to make sure everything was okay, so I asked around, you know, after a few conversations, I found out she liked me. And so I decided I wanted to go steady with Kathy. <coughs> but I wanted to make sure, you know, I don't like to leave any, you know, uh, loose ends. So I, I got Kathy's best friend, Allison, to go ask her, hey, look, if Brent asks you to go steady, will you say yes? And Allison came back and told me, she said yes. If you'll ask, she'll say yes. But man, I mean, you know, I was starting to get pimples and stuff. I was just still too nervous. And so, so... I couldn't ask her. And so I said, okay, look, Allison, you go with me and you ask Kathy for me to go steady with me. And so get, get the scene, man, where I'm standing there at Kathy's locker with her best friend asking her to go steady with me. And you know what's crazy? She said, yes. I mean, it's a wonder I ever got married, right? But when I recount that extremely awkward conversation, <laughs> you know what I remember? I never looked at her in the face. When I think of the whole concept of seeking God's face, it reminds me that our relationship, come on, with God, it can be awkward, it can be odd, it can be challenging. How did it get that way? Well, the book of Genesis tells us that originally God did not create people to have to 
seek his face. <clears throat> At one time, the scriptures tell us that God openly had a relationship with people. They could openly talk to him, hear from him. But when sin entered the picture, eventually the scriptures tell us that God removed his presence, his face from the world so people had to seek his face. Now in biblical times, seeking someone's face, it was a figurative phrase. It was a, a sign, it was like a figurative way of saying you had an open, authentic relationship with someone. To seek someone's face meant that you had nothing to hide. It meant that you were completely honest. It meant that you had an ongoing conversational relationship with someone. And I want you to get this. Here's the cool thing. God says he wants that kind of relationship with us. How awesome is that? And prayer is how we seek God's face. <laughs> it's an act of faith. And what God tells us is, is that if we will turn from our sin and seek his face, he will hear our prayers. He will forgive our sins. No matter how many, no matter how big. And he will heal our land. And if we will do that, we'll be revived. And that's the best life possible. And I want you to know something. This praying and seeking God's face stuff this is critical for us as a church. And here's what I mean by that. Way back in 1992, you know, a few weeks ago, we celebrated our 25th anniversary. Well, way back in 1992, when the church first started, we received a prophetic word in the form of a letter from a person who attended another church. And what we have found over the years, I still have a copy of that letter, is that so many of the aspects of that word have been proven true. And what I want you to know as a church is that a part of the word, the prophetic word, was spoken to you. And this is what that part of the letter says. And I quote, Encourage the sheep I have given you to pray. <clears throat> prayer is the answer to the problems you will encounter. If you will become a praying church, you will see me move mightily. I have plans for this city and this body. The revived life is about seeing God move mightily among us. The revived life is about God fulfilling his plans for this city and for this church. <laughs> and so I'm going to do everything in my power to lead us to become a people who pray, a praying church. And if we're going to become a praying church, we're going to have to learn how to seek God's face. <laughs> but like I said a moment ago, seeking God's face is different. It's, let's just be honest. It's one thing for me to seek a person's face and get, get used to that. It's another thing for me to seek God's face because he's a spirit being and it's just different. To pursue an authentic conversational relationship with a spirit being can feel awkward at first. And then, add on top of that, that some of us grew up in religious traditions where 
It, it, it made, they made us like feel intimidated, you know, about prayer and talking to God. And so we were taught to pray, memorize prayers that felt like really ritualistic and not real relational. And so I want to, I want to just, I want to get us to think about prayer in another way. Okay. So there's, there's really only two aspects to prayer that will help us seek God's face. There's the listening part of prayer. And then there's the speaking part of prayer. So meditation is the listening part of prayer. Throughout the scriptures, we are encouraged to seek God's face by being still, being silent, and knowing that he is God. It's hard to experience God's face in busyness and loudness. So we need to learn the ancient spiritual practice called meditation or listening prayer. Now, numerous religions practice meditation. Most forms of meditation have four elements. There's a quiet place. So you're gonna have to find some quiet place. <clears throat> There's a comfortable posture. And so if, if you pray best, I have a friend of mine who prays best when he goes for a, a slow walk in the woods. That's his quiet place and his comfortable posture. Some people do better sitting. Some people do better kneeling. Whatever, you find your comfortable posture. There is a focus on certain words. And then there's a releasing of distracting thoughts. <clears throat> so I meditate alone at breakfast. I've always gotten up earlier than everybody else in my family. And that's when I meditate. I usually read a portion of scripture. And then I pick like either a phrase or a word that seems significant. And then I just repeat that word or phrase over and over and I think about it and I pray and I try to listen to God's spirit. What he wants to say to me about that word or that phrase, how I can respond to it. And what I found is that meditation allows those words and phrases to impact our beliefs, our thoughts, and our feelings. So I asked a friend of mine who recently learned how to practice meditation herself. I asked her what advice she would give, and this is what she said. I would encourage people to <coughs> set like a time goal, like five to 10 minutes, five days a week. So maybe set the timer on your phone, you know, to where you, you, know, you get used to sitting in stillness and silence for five to 10 minutes, five days a week. And she said, uh, it's gonna feel weird at first because we all know we live in a world of constant movement and noise. That's why this is gonna be so good for you. And when you meditate, this is the hardest part. The first few, well, the first times you meditate, it's like you have ADHD of the brain, you know? It's like you're, you start having all of these thoughts coming and they're going here and there. And you think, man, I must be the only person who can't just focus my thoughts and my prayers. No, you're not. You're just like all of us. You have to actually retrain your brain to focus, and that's why having certain words to focus on helps you. And so don't get frustrated. You can retrain your mind to focus on seeking God's face. My friend told me it took her several months before it actually became like natural where she didn't have to work at it. But the benefit is worth it. <laughs> My friend told me that since she has sought God's face through meditation, that she feels an unusual sense of peace and joy in her life like she had not felt before. And that is revive. The first aspect of seeking God's face is the listening part. We have to become 
train, we have to train ourselves to learn how to listen to a spirit being like God. And then the second part is to pray brutally honest prayers. <clears throat> now, there have been certain seasons in my life where I faced frustrating failure, challenging crises, and disappointing circumstances. And if I could be honest with you, there's been certain seasons where I've been shocked by the darkness of my own heart. During those seasons, I have come to know God in ways like I've never known him before. At times, when it felt like God was not there, or at least not near, if I sought his face, I would end up experiencing him in more tangible ways than ever before. But I had to get brutally honest in my prayers. I, I couldn't just pray what I call mamby-pamby, emotionless, ritualistic prayers. I had to pray from my gut, you know what I mean? Like what I'm really feeling. Do you feel like you can pray to God like that? Do you think it's okay to pray to God like that? Let me tell you what, I, I grew up in a religious heritage where I thought that was bad. To really you know, get emotional with God and maybe even yell at him some and stuff like that. That, that was not very respectful, you know? But I, I think I've learned from one of the, the great prayer writers in the Bible, King David, how to pray from your gut. <clears throat> During one of the challenging seasons when King David was literally running for his life and hiding in caves, he prayed with brutal honesty to God. He didn't just put on a happy face, count his blessings, and try to fake himself into peace. He told God how he really felt. He poured his heart out, his emotions, and he didn't guard his words. He sought God's face. Listen to these excerpts from Psalm 22, the, one of the prayers that he wrote. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. Look at that. All who see me, they just mock me, God. They hurl insults, shaking their heads at me. And what's up with you? Roaring lions that tear their prey open. They open their mouths wide against me. They're attacking me, God, and where are you? I'm poured out like water on the ground. All of my bones are out of joint. Where are you? My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer. By night, but I find no rest. Folks, that prayer is in the Bible. It is the prayer that Jesus prayed from the cross. King David sought God's face with brutal honesty. And that tells me it's okay to complain to God. It's okay to get emotional. It's okay to express your anger, your frustration, your desperation to God. Seeking God's face. You've got to get brutally honest in your prayers. And it's not a sign. See, some of us think that when you pray like that, it's a sign you don't have faith. You ever heard that or felt that? It's the opposite. When you can really get frustrated with God, express your desperation to God, maybe even your anger at God, 
That is the greatest expression of faith you will ever utter in your life. And that is why those are the prayers that God responds to. Because those are the kind of prayers you pray when you're seeking his face. I hope today becomes a defining moment for us. I hope that we will choose to be a people who seek God's face. And if we do our part, turn from our sin and seek his face, he will do his part. He will revive us. And so I'm gonna ask if everybody would stand, everybody in the video cafe, if you would stand as well. <coughs> and I wanna end our services by letting you get brutally honest with God. And so why don't you, uh, you know, what do you need to get brutally honest with God about today? Are you ready? We're gonna get brutally honest with God together. And uh, you can do that right where you're at. In a moment, I'm gonna lead you in, in a time of prayer. <clears throat> but some of you, you may wanna kneel. You know, that's one of the ways we sort of physically show humility before God is to kneel. And so if you would like to kneel, I invite you to come up here to the front and I'll give you time to get here. And then in a moment, when, when everybody's ready to pray, we're gonna pray. And today we are going to get brutally with, uh, honest with God in prayer. And so would you just close your eyes, prepare your heart to pray to God. What do you need to get brutally honest with God about today? Maybe you're in a desperate situation of some kind. Seek God's face. Maybe you're frustrated with yourself because of some destructive decisions that you've made. <coughs> Seek God's face. Maybe if you could be honest, you're angry with God because of some injustice that you have suffered. Seek God's face. Maybe you know that there's a poison within you. It's resentment and bitterness towards someone who has hurt you. Forgive that person and seek God's face. Or maybe there's just a person, a loved one, a family member, a friend who is just ruining his or her life. Bring them before the Lord. Seek his face. Lord God, we are standing, we are kneeling before you. <laughs> We're doing what you called us to do. You said that if we would seek your face, that you would hear our prayers. You said if we would seek your face, that you would forgive our sins, that you would heal our land. Lord, we're saying to you today, heal our land. And God, we want to just get honest with you in our prayers. And so take a moment and just say whatever you feel like you need to say to God and don't sugarcoat it. Don't soften it. Just whisper it to him to say, God, this is what I feel like I got to say to you. Get honest with God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, where are you? My God, my God, notice the abuse. 
my God, my God, please see our need. Lord God, I ask you to hear our prayers. You said you would. And I'm asking you to respond (laughs) with your power, with your love. I'm asking you to do what only you can do. And that is forgive our sin and heal our land, Lord. And we give you our hearts. And Lord, we as a people, we commit ourselves to seek your face. 